Hey, we're going to start this a little different today, if it's okay with you guys. I know that you really want me to just bring the heat right from the very beginning, but I think we're going to do something a little different because I think gratitude is very much needed and very seldom exercised. And so this morning, we're going to start the message off with Welcome back to On the Bright Side. Yeah, we, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. So we're, I'm going to have to put this down. So I'm going to flex for a second. I hope I don't cause anybody to stumble, okay? But I'm going to put this down right here so that... Oh, it's on my foot. Okay. okay. It's all good. It's all good. All right. My friend, Doc Tharp, the good reverend up here. And we're going to start a little different today if y'all are okay with this. Are y'all okay with this? Y'all all look scared for some reason. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure why. Well done. We're going to move it back just a little bit. I mean, yeah, and keep that leg on there. Yeah, that's good too. So, okay. That's perfect. You guys just, that's awesome. Yeah, well done. That's fine. Hey, you sit in the middle. That's my seat right there. Hey. Let's sit, let's sit one. This is... This is awkward. Hey, Gladys. All right. Hey. Let's uh, let's hit the. Let's hit Can the you sing the song, song first? Time. You ready? Welcome Three. back to. On Welcome back to on the bright side. That's the first time we've ever done that live and in yeah. person in living color. Yeah. First time we've ever recorded one of these in front of a live studio audience. That's right. Feels so, good. Glad, so if glad you're y'all are here. if you're uh, visiting with us today and you're totally horrified about what's not not what's doesn't going normally on. look like this. Yeah, this is yeah. not usually how it works. First see, time he's ever left to go hug anybody before we started. I'm not sure it's a first time, is it? Maybe the second, first or second. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, we're kicking off a new series, kicking off a new series series today called Evidences of Grace, Evidence of Grace. And um, in a lot of ways, Evidence of Grace and on the bright side, very similar uh, ideas. That is just in the midst of what has been a pretty terrible last year, trying to find goodness in it. Where's God's light been shining through? And so uh, we wanted to come together for a few minutes today and just um, very clearly and out loud celebrate some of the ways that we saw God move in 2020 and right up until today. And so we're going to do that. I'm going to give you a challenge. And then Mark's got a a word on gratitude that he's going to share. There you go. There you go. So if you're not familiar with this, it usually, uh, we we, we did this a lot last last year, just try to lighten the mood a little bit. Some of it's kind of corny. Some of it's... Most, Most of it's bad. Most of it's not really funny, but, but... it's from the heart, okay? Yeah, it's from the heart. Okay, so be, be kind. Be you kind. You go first? You go first. Okay, so we're going to share some on the bright sides, and then I'm going to give you a challenge. My this first... is, uh, by the way, unofficially sponsored by Sun Tan City. Okay. All right, you tell me when you're ready for me to go. There you go. No, I've got, we got to You tell me when you're and good. And Blackman Pediatrics, but go ahead. You, okay. All right, so my first <laughs> on the bright side for today is uh, any of you guys... Uh, and gals who have known Mark for a while, uh, you would know very well that he doesn't care about time. 
okay? Like in Mark Zimmerman world, uh, time doesn't exist. It's one of the reasons that I think he loves Haiti so much because, Haiti, you know, who, who cares about time? Like Haiti, you get on the like truck you, and then 30 yeah, minutes later yeah, you find we're good. When are we getting yeah. on the truck? Later. Like yeah. that's how it works. It's never a specific time. And, you say and, this like it's a bad thing. I, I don't mean it that way, okay? My mom's watching. You can be kind. All right. And so uh, what I was saying was uh, in the last couple of weeks, I would say about three weeks, he has a newfound affinity for, for time. Uh, he is constantly walking around in our office and wherever he goes, and he pulls his phone out, and he goes, hey, guys, anybody know what time it is? And he holds his, it's like, it's 11, 12, it's 12, 24, and he holds his phone out so that, that all of us can see, and that is because um, this is his home screen. Can we get it? This is the new screensaver on his phone. Uh, yeah, no, that's not, not it. On, that's the man. cul-de-sac. This is where... That's what time it is. There it is right there. Show, show him on your... And so that's his, and so he just uses the... the, This is baby Cole, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm thinking that, I mean, not only is Cole, uh, you know, perfect and a wonderful addition to your family, but we we may start church and in church on time now. That'd be crazy concept. No, I'm just saying, that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, I don't think I I have any control over when it starts most of the time. Okay, that's true. But right, I, yeah, you hey, know what? How about you? You know what time side? it is? It, it's eleven twenty-one. Uh, okay. Is it really? It's eleven twenty-one. Yep, you're up. You're on the bright wow. side. Wow. Hit it there, man. Wow. Go with it. Well, okay. My next on the bright side because you think I'm so obnoxious about the baby is I've got another picture. <laughs> let's see. Let's see that one. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. Hey. My DNA is coursing through that child's veins in some way. Is that amazing? Parker DNA, very strong. Well, definitely the dominant dominant gene is the Parker side, but pretty darn cute kid right there. That's okay. That's enough on the bright side. Okay. So this is, this is a, where should I start? Well, you've already shown the, there was another picture. Let's show another picture. Dr. Phil. Let me introduce you to Dr. Okay, so this happened. This was, a real, this was a real thing, but there was a reason, okay? Obviously, I've never recovered from this, but back, what was it? Back, back in the spring, yeah. maybe? Uh-huh. Um, we had put, a, put out a challenge to the church. We, we thought God was telling us, let's start a food pantry. Mm-hmm. And so we put out a challenge to, for you guys to, like, to supply our first 25 bags yeah but yep. and so you guys did that in like like a day yes. or whatever and so so the challenge was if you guys did this i would let the tharp children i've never forgiven you cut my hair yep. so they gave me a haircut and this was the cleaned up version of my haircut mm-hmm. because they like sprayed it with all kinds of stuff anyway on the bright side in the midst of a of a season when you hear a lot of places saying, we can't, we can't. There's, Whitestone has continually said, we can't. Or we will. Or we will. We did. We didn't. You guys did. Absolutely. The food pantry started from that challenge. And since then, twice, twice a month, maybe more, um, we've, we've, you guys, a bunch of you guys have served. Um, God has just continued to to bless yeah. in incredible ways. And I think it's, it's worth celebrating yeah. that um, it started with a lunch that you and I had at El Chico with Joe so Brawley. Yep. 
he came and um, he's Claudius. Claudius' dad, and, and he Step, came. Step, I think she would she actually would claim him. him. Yeah, I think she, she would actually him. would. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, for, thanks for clarifying hey, that. Yeah, but, but what anyway, about those numbers on there? No, no. We had lunch with him, and he said, hey, would you guys consider doing this? And we said, you know, we Let's will go. dot, dot, dot. That's right. And then listen to this. This was written on January the 4th of this year. Attached is some pantry information with it now being open for seven full months. We serve 659 families with 2,205 family members in those families. The cost for family has been about $6 a piece, but the amazing thing is that we've distributed products with a retail value of $59,160 at a cost to the church of $3,616. Yeah. Does that sound like God math to you? It sounds like good math to like me. $60,000 worth of stuff given away. And, the, and, and that's just the going out part of it. I mean, yeah. the, I mean tell them about the other part of it that, that people usually don't see. Yeah, so the last time, I, I actually served the last Saturday um, at, the, at our pantry. And while I was serving, I was serving in the front. And we had two different vehicles that pulled in to the pantry. It was a very cold morning and two different vehicles just pulled in to give us money. Uh, the, the, first, the first was a pair of guys, and he said, one of the guys said, well, my wife, we were really struggling last month, which would have been December. So we were really struggling in December. We didn't know where our next meal was going to come. Uh, my wife came to the, fa- the, to the food pantry, and it was perfect timing. Y'all gave us, like, we don't know how we would eat. We, we ate that food, and he said, I wanna, we're doing better this month, and I want to pay it forward. I want to pay it back. And so he handed, uh, he handed Joe $20. And um, we tried to go get him another bag of food to take to his family. And the guy said, uh, he's like, I don't need it this month. He's like, we're, we're doing good. Mm-hmm. And then about 10 minutes after that guy left, another guy in a big nice truck just pulled in and had a wad of 20s. I don't know, it was 100 or a couple hundred dollars. And he's just like, hey, it's cold. I appreciate the work you're doing. And just handed us a couple hundred dollars to continue to, uh, to, continue to serve. And so I said to Joe, I said, Joe, I didn't know you were in this for the money. You know, I didn't know you were doing it. <laughs> and uh, he, said, uh, he said, please don't tell Terry. And that's, that's true. It was all a joke. But uh, what he did say to me, afterwards he's like a lot of times when it comes to food pantries and stuff like that people are so worried about oh these people are taking advantage of you these people are just using you and Joe's going man they don't see Brock they don't see the cars pulling in and handing us cash they don't see the gratitude from the folks that we're helping because if they saw that we wouldn't have a problem filling the pantry up and serving and, and giving. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, and it's not anything that – none of the things we talk about this morning or anything that Mark and I did, we just try to get out of the way and say yes to good godly people, and, and, and he, does, he does the rest. And the gratitude that people have is infectious. Absolutely. It's infectious, and, and that's, that's, a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. When people – I mean, the, the stories of people just showing up and saying, hey, we don't go to your church, but – we want to support what you guys are doing. Absolutely. I, I, it's just, it's beautiful. So, so that, that's, that's pretty cool stuff. I don't know what this is. It came out of my pocket, though. My, my next on, on the bright side is this, um, and this will come as a surprise to, to some of you, uh, but as of February 8th, I will no longer be the most handsome man on the Whitestone Church staff. As of, yeah. Whoa. Surprise. This is the sound no, of no one not. being surprised. We, and, and no, we have not hired Steve or Larry Turner, just to be clear. <laughs> okay. But not that they're okay. not hireable. They okay, are. Let, let's, I'd let, hire you in a let's minute. Let's back up. Let's back up. 
Okay, so we're, we're going to, you can't be talking about, I mean, you can throw me under the bus. You can't throw Steve Turner under the bus, Larry Turner under the bus, okay? So just stop. My mom's watching. Okay. How you mean, Mom? So, so I want to quote the good Reverend Brock Tharp because he's, he's about to talk about staff. And I want to, I want to, I want to praise our staff a little bit because I'm pretty proud of them, okay? Yeah. But this is the way Brock said it about himself just a few weeks ago when he, and I quote, in a season of unknown, I found myself to be a beacon of faithfulness. I might have said that. That a, sounds like something I would have said. A paragon of wisdom in a, town of, in, a, in a time of doubt and questioning. That's poetic. I like that. A lighthouse in the midst of these stormy waters. Yep. My haters are my motivators. That's a fact right there, brother. And long ago, I was baptized in the tears of my critics. I was really proud of that. I was really proud of that line right there. I really like that one. So th- these are quotes from, from the last time that we did On the Bright Side. because And we've done no more this, since, this, since that moment. We this shut killed it down the whole right thing. <laughs> okay. This killed the whole thing. And while I'm, I'm not quite sure I, I share the, the confidence that Brock shares in himself, I have seen evidence of those things in the people I served with over the last year. I really, I really have. I've seen, I've seen Stacy and Christy and Claudia and Brock and Cody and Ed and Lisa all try to figure out how to be pastors in a time where nobody knows how to be a pastor. Yeah. Like you can't go to a hospital. Yeah. You can't go into a room and pray over someone. You, yeah. it, you, there's just so many things that we can't do, but I've seen these people that I serve with serve people well and and it's been it's been pretty gratifying to see and so it's worth you knowing it because most of the stuff that they do you don't know yeah um so I just want to on the bright side the staff's getting better looking and this is why because starting February 8th Start February 8th, we're Kobe Dorsley. We're hiring Kobe on to our staff. Kobe will be, yeah, yeah, yeah please, please celebrate that. Kobe, uh, Kobe will be an associate pastor at our church to be part-time, and he will, uh, his, his two primary roles, one is he's trying to uh, build an online community. He's really, he's going to be trying to, people who uh, are watching who, for whatever reason, haven't been able to come back or can't come back for medical reasons, he's really going to try to find new ways to minister to those folks, hopefully eventually build a small group out of them. He will preach sometimes, as well as um, he is going to be a Haitian liaison for us for our work in Haiti. Um, He will be a voice of advice, hopefully go on trips with us, and then he'll be helping us, too, in trying to reach the Haitian community, Christian community that's being built right here in Knoxville. He'll be a part of doing that too. And so, um, yes, our, uh, our staff's getting bigger, uh, better, and more beautiful, I would say. Good stuff. I'm not, I'm not arguing any of that stuff yeah, I know. with you. I know. Um, can I take the next one? I want to on the, uh, you can, I ask. No, you go. Uh, I, one of the other things I wanted to celebrate is that um, on uh, August 3rd of this past year, I put out a video where I kind of shared my heart with you about the possibility of 
um, putting together a foster care trailer, filling it up with goods to help meet needs in, uh, in the foster care community in the city of Knoxville and really around the mm -hmm. city. And that was August 3rd, which is right at about six months ago. And in that video, I asked for $10,000. In about a week, we raised more than $12,000. And in a couple of weeks, we went and bought the trailer. The Kings fully outfitted the trailer for us, built it out. We bought about $4,000 worth of baby goods, and we filled the trailer up. It's now sitting at our office. But even just in the last six months, we've given away about $1,500 of, of goods to foster care families in, the, in our community, which would include things like... Uh, car seats, um, we've given away a car seat, we've given away pack and plays, we've given away teddy bears to little kids, we've given away five Jesus storybook Bibles, and, um, and that's just the beginning. And so this is me saying thank you all for, for rising up and also um, helping do that and then just encouraging you to, uh, to shoot your shot, man. After I put out that video that day, the next day I had to go to the mountains because I was kind of an emotional mess. I mean, once you share your heart with people, you had a dream, you never know what's gonna, how, how people are going to respond. I thought, man, people may, who knows what will happen. And so I just kind of took off and, and, and got in my own head and, uh, and y'all rose up. And so I, I say that, one, because I want to brag on you all and what you did. Two, I say it to encourage you, man, dream your dreams and go for it. Take a chance. Who knows how God might use it? But I'm grateful for, um, for see, seeing that through and looking forward to ways that God's going to continue to use that ministry in the, in the future. That's beautiful stuff. That's beautiful stuff. Um, we're starting a new series today called Evidence of Grace. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's really just about this kind of stuff. It's about seeing the fingerprint of God. All if around. You look, if you look, I mean, you will see it. You have to, sometimes you have to you look closely, you know, because there's so much fear in the world today. There's so much unknown. But there's also still the beauty that's all around us. Amen. And, and just as we were thinking about, we, we talked about doing this and doing a video for a, for a month or so, I've, I've been talking about wanting to like do a year in review kind of thing. Just kind of look back at all the ways that God's been so faithful to us in our church. And we could just, I mean, gosh, I mean, this weekend, Mike and Marty Hamlin are celebrating their one-year wedding anniversary. They're not here today because a year ago, this time, they got married. Well, what day was it? Um, it was right after my birthday. I think maybe yeah. like June 9th, yeah. something like Mike, that. Mike June. died. Mike died, and then, and then he, he came he back to life. He wasn't dead anymore. Like, and that really happened. He had cardiac arrest. That was the thing that actually happened. And he came, I mean, they thought it was over. Yeah. And then even stopped. after that, yep. I mean, Ed Blumberg's mom had a mask behind her eye. Yeah. Asked us one day, hey, could the elders lay hands on, on me and pray? The mask goes away. Uh, yeah, a pastor we work with in Haiti, uh, he and his wife, his wife or in Nicaragua, his wife translates for us a lot. Her name is Blanca. Um, she, he, he uh, Mikael, is that right? Lost his, lost his ability to see. Couldn't uh, see. Could, totally could, blind. To, totally blind. Uh, Kenzie rallied a group of folks from our church to raise money for him to get a, a cornea surgery. We paid for the surgery, got it back, and now he, he, he's back having vision again back uh, in his community. This was just in the folks. last couple of weeks. This was like, yeah, this was like about a month ago that the surgery took place. Uh, we've, seen, we, we've seen evidence of God's hand in so, so many ways. And I know there's a lot of you all. I know this is a season for a lot of folks. It is very dark and very heavy 
and yet even in this dark, heavy season, God has been so good to us at, at our church. And through you guys. Yeah. Not through you guys, it's been, and that's the, I mean, I've been here for 20 years. 2020 was the best giving year ever at Whitestone Church since I've been here. More generosity, more money given away. In the midst of a pandemic, the church becomes debt-free and gives away everything that we can give away. I mean, gift card after gift card. I mean, people, Steve Turner's, I mean, wearing out Stacy about, hey, got more gift cards I can give away to, to, to people at fast food restaurants. And it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful stuff. And so being grateful in the midst of times like this, I think is the key to not losing your mind. Absolutely. <laughs> As we've seen our world kind of seem to get angry about a lot of different stuff, I really think gratitude um, is the key to peace. It's, and it's the key to the gospel. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a biblical idea. First Thessalonians chapter 5, 17 and 18 says, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So it's like you want to know people all the time talk about, oh, I wonder what God's will for my life is. God's will for you is that you would pray without ceasing and that you would give thanks all the time. Very, very, very clear there. And so I, I want to leave you all with a, with a challenge uh, this morning. And, and the, the idea would be that you all would commit to, for the next month, at least the next 21 days, to trying to find your own on the bright sides, trying to find and see with your own eyes your own evidence of, of grace in your life. So for about the last 30 days, uh, I have been keeping a, a gratitude journal. And uh, all I do in that thing is uh, one time a day, either usually in the evening or first thing in the morning, I will write down one thing either from the previous day or that day that I'm grateful for. One way I've seen God move, one thing that I have appreciated. And I got to tell you, church, it's made a huge difference in my life. I know it seems like a very subtle and silly thing, but I'm one of these people who when I lay my head down on the pillow at night, the dark thoughts kind of begin to hit, like the worries start to come. And what the gratitude thing has really helped me do is, is I feel like it's given me ammunition to kind of push back against the darkness. Like when I start thinking about the evil things, I just pick up that the, what I wrote in my journal, and I'm like, oh, but you played cars with your kids today, and that was good. Oh, you did, like whatever those things are. And so um, in the lobby, when you leave today, we have, we bought plenty of journals. There's a journal for everybody, a journal for your, your students too. Feel free. They're, they're free to you. Just on your way out, grab one, and I would encourage you for the next 21 days to commit on one page. It doesn't have to be. I mean, some of the ones I've written have been very short, less than a paragraph, and just once a day, right on there, some way that you've seen evidence of God or what we would be talking about um, in our videos on the bright sides. Write one thought down and, and then just see. I, I really want you to kind of put it to the test to see if it bears fruit in your life because it has uh, it has in mind. And so. And we um, say 21 days because they say 21 days is how long it takes habit. to build a to new habit. habit. Yep. And so, yeah. so, so you don't have to stop on that 21 days. Yeah, two. I mean, I mean if it's, no if it's more than 21 you, days, though. Yeah, I mean, the book, they're pretty big. They're the, the journals look like this, a lot of pages, plenty of room to write. Yeah. So yeah. that's the challenge that I'm going to leave you with. And uh, you are, you're the man now. So see, see if you can do this without me. Good luck, buddy. I'm out. So this is what it looks like when I usually leave, leave a staff meeting. Staff meeting. <laughs>
Well, am I supposed to pick this thing up myself? Goodness gracious. No, I can't do it. My daughter's going to help me. You should be ashamed. Okay. Thank you, baby. Hey, yesterday was a gotcha day for Valencia, and, uh, and a lot of, about six of, six of our kids, so that's, that's just crazy that uh, time passes really quickly. And so, all right, so I'm, I'm, I've only got like six pages of notes for uh, the rest of the time we have this morning. Let's see, what time is it? Hey, baby co. No, I've, I've got one passage of scripture that I would like to, uh, to share with you guys this morning as we just kind of set the tone for gratitude. Um, it's a pretty familiar passage. It's from Luke, the 17th chapter. And so if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up. And I just got five really quick points that I want to give you this morning that I think speak to a life centered in gratitude. Okay, because it's, it's you know, it's really possible to live in God's grace and not appreciate it. It's really possible to just take blessing after blessing and just put it in your pocket expecting the next one without acknowledging that you don't deserve any of it. And so this morning I I want us to look at the story of of Jesus meeting ten guys that He had an incredible impact on their lives. But only one of them really acknowledged what He did for them. And so only one of them was really healed. This is from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. And this is what the Word says. On the way to Jerusalem, He was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. So Jesus was passing along between Samaria Samaria and Galilee. And as He entered a village, He was met by ten lepers. Leprosy was a term used for a lot of different diseases back in the day. Um, most of them skin-related, but it was it made them unclean in the eyes of the Jewish people. So these ten guys who have this disease stood at a distance, and they lifted up their voices, saying, "Jesus, Master, have mercy on us." And when Jesus saw them, he said to them, "Go and show yourselves to the priests." This was, the, this was the ceremonial, that's how you, to be cleaned, you had, you had to show yourself to the priest. So he's, Jesus is basically quoting the law. But then it says, and as they went, they were cleansed. So as they, as they went on their way, Jesus healed them. But then verse 15, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. That's good news for you and me, because, because uh, we're the Samaritans. We're, we're, we're not God's chosen people by birth. Um, we're outsiders that Jesus chose to let in. 
Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? Verse 19, And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Five things I want to take real quickly from this passage that I think you and I can draw from this if we want to live grateful lives. Okay? The first one is this. Recognize that you need healing. See, right now, you, you might think, oh, I'm not, I'm not a leper. You know, I don't... I mean, I'm doing okay. See, leprosy, I think, is a symbol for humanity's sin condition. See, because all of us have a horrible disease that will lead to death. It's not just called mortality. It's not just the fact that we all are born and we all die. No, the Bible says that, that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all have this sin problem, and because of that, we will not be with God Eternally, unless something happens to change our condition. See, we all have leprosy. See, the lepers back in the day, these ten guys that Jesus saw, they knew their condition. They knew they weren't welcome with people, especially God's people. If you go back to the, to the book of Leviticus in, in chapter 13, this is what God said about how to treat people with this disease. And it's, it's probably not something you put on your refrigerator magnet. You know, it's not, this is not how you th- would probably prefer to think about God thinking about people, but, but this is what the law said. Verse 45, the leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let his the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Just to make sure they didn't forget, flip over one chapter in in Numbers chapter 5. And this is what the Word says. Command the people of Israel that they... Put out of the camp everyone who is leprous or has a discharge or everyone who's unclean through contact with the dead. You shall put out both male and female, putting them outside the camp that they might not defile the camp in the midst of which I dwell. And the people of Israel did so. And they put them outside the camp. These ten guys knew they needed healing. They knew they weren't welcome until Jesus shows up. And Jesus invites people inside the camp that before that had no access to come inside. Guys, some of us need to get over our entitlement and realize we have no right to demand anything of God. Everything He gives us is by grace and grace alone. Everything. Brock and I, when we had lunch, on Wednesday with Colby. We were, we were just you know, talking about you know, his new position at, at the church and stuff, and then talked about other things, and, and he brought up this, you know, what he'd been seeing on television about the political unrest. 
in, the, in our country. And, you know, Colby's from Haiti, and so he's used to political unrest. I mean, he's seen it firsthand. He's been caught in the middle of it. But what he doesn't understand is, is why people in America feel like we're entitled to something better. Because it's just what we... I mean, none of us chose to be born here. None of us did anything to deserve to have the privileges that we have. But yet, because it says God bless America on the money, we think that we're automatically God's chosen people. And Colby said, you know, as I read the Bible, I don't see anything in there about America. <laughs> you know, I don't, but, but it's like, no, I think people tell us things that we just believe and we think we're entitled to things. But if we, you know, entitlement is, it's like the kryptonite to gratitude. It's like, when you think you deserve something, then you don't appreciate anything. My prayer over this series, as we start just looking at evidence of grace, is that we look at what God's already done, and we appreciate it without just shoving it in our pocket, waiting for the next thing. Evidence of grace means, first, you recognize that you need healing, that you've been invited in, Never get over that. You've been invited in, and only Jesus could do that. Second thing I would say is this. It takes a step of faith. You have a part to play. If you're going to be healed, Jesus said to these guys, now sometimes he would like, he would like take, he'd take mud and he'd like spit in it and he'd put it on people's eyes and stuff like that and he healed people that way immediately. But here... These ten guys, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And then as they were going, in the going, they were, they were healed. They had to take a step of faith based on what Jesus had asked them to do. There are some of you in the room today, some of you watching online today, that if you're honest with yourself, would have to admit this. You've heard Jesus prompting. The Spirit has been leading you towards something, saying, you need to do this. You need to serve in this way. You need to repent of this. You need to... There's something that needs to change. But you don't. And you wonder why things don't change in your life. We can learn from the, from the lepers. They took a step. Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest. They went. As they were going, they were healed. Take a step of faith based on what you've already heard the Spirit saying. It's not like you have to make it up. I mean, I'm... What's God asking you to do? Take a step towards it with gratitude and see what happens. The third thing is this. Don't lose sight of the healer at the first sight, at the first sign of the healing. See, see Jesus said, hey, go. And as they went, they were healed. And as they went, nine out of ten of the guys totally lost sight of the fact that Jesus had just done that for them. They focused totally on the heat. Oh, my skin's looking better. I'm feeling good. I can... And they went about their lives. Only one of them kept the healer in sight. Only one of them turned back, went back to Jesus, and thanked Jesus for what Jesus and Jesus alone had done. So many times, guys, we just take those blessings and we go along our, our way 
using them as permission to just keep living self-absorbed lives. Only one of those guys turned around and went back and acknowledged the healer because all they wanted was the healing. Only one of them acknowledged the blesser because all they wanted was the blessing. Grateful hearts always focus on the source of the blessing, not the blessing itself. The fourth thing I would say about this story is the one guy that came back, I, I don't know. I mean, I think he still probably had problems. <laughs> He'd been a leper. He'd been living outside the camp. Who knows the last time he saw his family? Who knows if he had any money? Who, who knows if he had any place to go back to? But in the midst of where he was at that very moment, he worshipped. He worshipped. He didn't... I mean, there was a lot of stuff in his life that still needed to be worked out, right? A lot of you would say the same thing. If you're honest with yourself, there's a lot. I mean, God's done a lot, but I'm still a work in progress, right? I mean, there's still things that need to change in my life. Does that mean I wait until all that stuff, until God does all that stuff before I bother to give thanks? Before I bother to worship? A grateful heart lives in that moment. Whatever God's done for you today, gratitude for that gives peace for tomorrow. We can learn a lot from the fact that this leper immediately fell on his face before Jesus, thanking Him for what He had done, realizing there was so much left still undone. But that didn't change the goodness of God. Last thing I would say is this. Ten were cleansed in this story. Ten people got their, their skin healed. Ten people went on their way. They were healed physically only to die again later, you know? It's not like this was... In, but only one of them, does it say, was made well. The only one that was made well was the one that came back to Jesus. And Jesus said this, your faith has made you well. Some of your translations, if you read it, says this, your faith has saved you. See, I think too often we, we're, we settle for the temporal healing and have no interest in really being made well. My fear for the church at large today is that we pray for, our prayers are too small. We want, we want to make it through this life. We want to be healed of this disease. We want, I'm not, I prayed for my dad to be healed of cancer for 14 years. It didn't work. It didn't work. But yet, he was ultimately healed. That's, that's big picture stuff. Pray for... I mean, pray that people don't get COVID. I don't want, I've seen so many people... I mean, I know it's real. I know... I know people, my aunt buried her husband last week because of COVID. But when I talked to her on the phone, her joy was still there. Her, she was still talking about what really mattered, the way he had lived his life, the way that he had loved people. She, she didn't want him to suffer. I know we don't want our people that we love to suffer. 
but she was much more concerned with the way that he had lived his life. May we be more concerned with just living today because it's all we're promised. It's all your promise. Live today with a grateful heart. Recognize you need healing. Take a step of faith towards what Jesus is calling you to do. Don't lose sight of the healer at the first sign of healing. Worship even in the midst of not knowing how God's going to do the next thing. And focus on being really made well. Don't be content with just some kind of temporal, physical healing when He wants to heal your soul from the inside out. Pray with me. Father, I pray as we continue this this journey towards just being tour guides for the beautiful, just looking for evidence of your fingerprint all around us in the day by day, the things you've already done, and then living in gratitude because of that, not just whining and thinking that we're entitled to a better deal. God, I pray that you'd let us grow up in the faith and become those kind of people And it's not a one-and-done thing. It's an everyday remembering, choosing, like Paul said, to whatsoever things are pure and holy and upright and praiseworthy. If anything's like that, think about that. That's gratitude. You've been so good to us, so much better than we deserve. You invited us inside the camp when we had no way of getting in. We all had the same problem. It's called sin. And you're the only cure for that. And you paid the price for it. Because of that, we can live free. We can live, we can have life and life to the full. Every promise you made in Scripture opens up to us because of you. So I pray that anger would, would, would subside in the church that divisiveness would, dis- would, would just dissolve. And unity would be found in Jesus and we would just love each other like you love us. And just let go of some things that just make us not the kind of people we want to be. I pray for peace in some homes represented in this room. I pray for, I pray for peace that passes understanding to guard their hearts in Christ Jesus. Grateful for the fact that you are so patient with us. Let us be patient with one another. I'm so grateful that mercy triumphs over judgment. And that your grace is sufficient for us. Let us have grateful hearts. Responding to your kindness repenting of what we need to repent of and just moving towards you. Whatever that looks like for some folks in this room, I pray that some steps would be taken in that direction. And that's my prayer. And we're going to worship in response to the Word.